Good morning. Thanks for being here today. Welcome to winter. <laughs> it's cold. I'm glad you're here, especially if you're visiting with us. Thanks for coming. You picked a good week because there's cake. Um, always a good week when there's cake. All kinds of stuff going on around here. Um, today is our baby dedication Sunday, and um, I, I love that. Um, we've got three babies being dedicated today. You'll see what that means at the end of the service. It's, we don't make a big ceremonial deal about it, but we do, um, we do make a little deal about it, and then we've got a lot of cake in the back, so um, we're excited about that. But Before we get going this morning, I want to let you know that Rick forgot to mention there is Bible study tonight, God's Not Dead study at 6.30 here at the church, um, so if you're planning on that, Colts game will be long over. Before we get going today, I um, want to uh, just give you a chance to kind of get your heart right and your, your life quiet a little bit. Um, I get to do this once or sometimes twice a year, and that is just talk about babies, talk about our children. Um, if you're here today, you don't have kids, it's a good day for you to be here anyway, you'll see why. Um, but I want to talk about just the, the gift that we have today and what God intends for us to do with our kids. So, um, chance to talk about that, but first want to just give you a chance to kind of calm your life a little bit. Um, it's going to be loud in here this morning. We've got lots of kids and lots of stuff going on, but um, hopefully you can get your heart calmed down and um, be ready to hear from God. So, we do that every week, and we're going to start this morning with um, just a moment of as quiet as it'll get, um, which sometimes isn't very quiet. Um, but uh, just kind of a moment of silence, and then uh, I'll close this with prayer, and we'll jump right into our sermon this morning. So let's be quiet for a second, if we can. Oh, God, it feels good to be quiet for a moment in the midst of a crazy, loud world. If we're not careful, God, we'll walk into this place and we'll walk out the same. Maybe a little a little cold chill or a little, little smile on our face because of being together. But the truth is, if, if we're not careful, the noise in the world will drown out your voice and we'll miss what could be the next step towards peace and hope in our lives. So no matter, no matter what we brought in here, this morning there's fear, there's anger, there's frustration, there's depression, and there's joy in all of it, God, today. We kind of put on pause today so that you can give us perspective on our lives. Those whose hearts are hardened today because of their fear or their anger, would you begin to break them down so that you can speak to them today? And we'll listen in your son's name. Amen. Well, this is one of my favorite times of year, but to be honest with you, I can tell you that when I, before I had kids, um, this was the Sunday that I dreaded. Um, both as a preacher and sitting where you are, I would think, well, what, what does this have to do with me? We're going to talk about kids. We're going to dedicate our kids, whatever that means. And, and it's kind of just like one of those endurance things. And I remember preaching through these, these sermons before, um, before I had kids and just totally not getting it. Um, and the truth is, if I have to be real honest with you, the whole idea of baby dedication 
really isn't in the Bible the way we do it, okay? So we, this is our own thing that we do, and it is a good thing, and there are churches that make a very religious ceremonial thing out of it. You won't be surprised that this church, we don't make a lot of ceremony around it, but we do want to honor it today, and I want to tell you a little bit about why we do what we do. Here's the truth about it. A lot of churches that I've grown up with and a lot of churches when we talk about baby dedication, um, they make it about the babies. And the truth is, yeah, it's fun because the babies are the cutest thing in the room today, okay? Let's just be honest about that. Um, they're, they're cuter than the parents, and I love the parents, but the babies are the cuter things. So they're easy to sell. They're easy to get you here. They're easy to, but in the long run, this is not baby dedication. This is parent dedication. This is mom and dad dedication today because the truth is, <laughs> Liam won't remember today. He won't remember today. In fact, he's got a sinus infection out here. The truth is, if Liam had his choice about where he'd want to be today, it wouldn't be here. <laughs> so today's not about Liam. It's not about Maverick. It's not about Joshua. Today is about mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, neighbor. It's about all of you who sit here today and the responsibility and the privilege and the honor that it is to get to be in charge of these little people that, that walk around and run around and do all kinds of things in our midst. And I, I, you know, as I have gotten older and my kids are getting older, I, I'm realizing some of, of what God intends for me to be with kids. This week I was in Denver and um, just had a, just one of those business trips that I would rather forget and just had a kind of a terrible trip and everything from the flights to the hotels to everything that happened was just a, a rough week. And as I was sitting in the airport on the way home, I was just grumpy. You know, that grumpy mood you get in. Just really grumpy. And around the corner comes this little kid, and I don't know what it was, but something about him looked like my son, Reese, who is six. And as soon as this little kid came around the corner in the airport, I thought, there's Reese. And I, you know, I, it wasn't rational. There's no way it could have been Reese. But in my mind, in my heart, there was Reese. And immediately, my attitude changed. Like, immediately. Now, I also realized within three seconds that it couldn't be Reese, and it wasn't Reese, and this kid was a brat, um, and Reese is not. <laughs> I don't know if he was a brat. He just seemed like it compared to Reese. But I started thinking at, at this point about how wonderful my kids were and how much they added to my life, and I remembered a piece of scripture that I brought today to share with you. I remembered some scripture that God uses to say, there are little islands in your life. Did you know this, that God does this? From the very beginning of time, God has created in humans little bit of islands of heaven. Just these little moments that you can go from island to island to island, and in the midst of darkness, in the midst of despair, in the midst of a, a kind of a lake sometimes of harsh thoughts, of bad news, in the midst of Ebola, in the midst of war, in the midst of a downturned economy, there are these little islands that God has given us to which we can find peace. Sometimes they're our own children, and sometimes they're not our children. Sometimes they're just children that belong to somebody else. And here's the good news. Here's the good news about kids, that God has intended for these children at no matter whether they're yours or whether you just happen to be around them a lot, for these children to be a moment in your life of peace. Now, many of you are going, now wait a minute. <laughs> mine is three, and let me just tell you, <laughs> peace is not what I get with mine, okay? But you need to know, if, here's what I've been praying for you today, that what God intends for you to feel um, with your kids and with the kids around in this room today, with your neighbor's kids, with anybody you come into contact with on a regular basis that is a child, is that you have a different purpose in life, that you have a different reason for living 
because of these kids around us. And I want to talk about that. So at this point in history, um, the, the Deuteronomy was written, there was um, just an, an amazing turmoil around women and children. And there are some obviously still some women and children problems in our world today. Women and children, when, when a country begins to be taken over um, by somebody who doesn't believe in God and by a path of selfishness, the first people to suffer throughout history are women and children. They get beaten, their rights get suppressed, they become oppressed in every single way. And you can look through our country, and anyone who isn't trying to focus on God, the women and the children are getting the worst end of it. And at this point in history, the women and the children, most women, a lot of women, would rather not live. If they had a good way to commit suicide, you can read story after story after story of some of the women in, in this point in history who were looking for ways to not live. And I don't mean to be pessimistic today, but what I want you to do is understand just how bad it was to be a mom in this day and age. And just how bad, it, how hard it was to be a child. I, I read this, um, preparing for this last night, that in our country, one out of five children wake up hungry. And I know that sounds like a big number, but I did a little bit of research, and if the number holds, about two and a half children in Morgan County wake up hungry. So I want to pause today to let you know that this is not God's intent for man. That it's not intent for anybody to be hungry, but especially children. In fact, God, as he talks about the point of life, and if you're here visiting, if you're here because your, your baby's being dedicated or you've got a friend or a friend of a friend of a friend, maybe you weren't expecting to, for God to speak to you today, but I'm hoping he does. Because here's, here's what God says. He says there are these little islands in your life in the midst of despair and in the midst of a mess. And I want to paint a picture of just how dark it was at this point in history for the people. Because here's what is written in Deuteronomy. It says, this is the most important thing you can do with your life. Love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all that you've got. Later on, somebody would ask Jesus, many years later, somebody would say, what's the most important thing God ever said to us? And he quoted this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all you got. Write these commandments that I've been given you today on your hearts. Give them inside of you and get them inside of you. Inside your get them inside of you and get them inside of your children. I love that thought. This is actually from a version of the Bible called The Message, and I love uh, the, the reason I chose this version to read to you today is because of that exact phrase. Get them inside of you. Now, when I grew up, my mom was desperate to do this. Um, I'll never forget the way um, my mom got, got God's word inside of my brother and I and got us excited about God. I would wake up in the morning, you know, that foggy-eyed junior high kid or elementary school kid, and I would wake up, and I would open the toilet seat to go to the bathroom, and there would be a sticky note on the back of the toilet seat with a scripture for the day. And then I'd go over, and I'd get my toothbrush out, and I'd look in the mirror, and there would be a sticky note on the mirror with the same scripture. And then I'd go to my cereal bowl, and there would be a sticky note. Right? And my mom did this every morning while we were in school with a different piece of scripture for my brother and I. And I, I acted like I hated it. And the truth was, at the time, I would rip that sticky note, flush it down the toilet, you know, and I would, Mom, stop putting sticky notes on. But the older I got, the more these things started creeping into my life. And they were on the outside of the toilet and on the outside of the mirror and on the outside of the cereal bowl, but they became, they got on the inside of me. And because they were on the inside of her, she knew how big a deal they would be, that they would become islands in my life as well. These pieces of scripture, these pieces of hope 
from God. And I remember when I went to college, one of the scriptures she used to write over and over and over again um, was a, a piece of scripture um, where in Jeremiah where God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans for hope and a future. And I, I, I've, I, when I quote that scripture, I literally see it on the back of the toilet seat. I've seen it so many times. She wrote it in the, my first Bible. She, she wrote it all over my life. And it, it meant a lot to me as I got older, but not as much. And then I got to college. And I remember sitting in my college dorm room, and there was my roommate, and I didn't know anybody, and I was homesick, and I opened up Jeremiah, and I, I just happened to grab that scripture, and I remembered not just the hope that God had given me, but the way it had been put in me since I was a little kid. I don't know what way you can do it, but I'm going to ask you today, parents, that, that you don't ask me to dedicate your baby today, that you don't ask New Life Christian Church to dedicate your baby to Jesus to dedicate your baby to God. Because the truth is, you're the only one who can. And it doesn't come on a Sunday morning. Baby dedication doesn't happen on Sunday morning. I hate to say that to Brenda because she's worked so hard. And it's a wonderful thing what we're doing. But real baby dedication comes every morning. It comes every afternoon. It comes with every opportunity to discipline your kids, with every opportunity to feed your kids. Baby dedication, child dedication comes with every opportunity to give up part of you and give it to them get get them inside of you and get them inside of your children talk about them whenever you're sitting wherever you are sitting at home or walking in the street talk about them from the time that you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night tie them on your hands and your foreheads as a reminder inscribe them on the doorpost of your home and on the city gates when i went to israel I meant to bring it today, and I forgot it sitting in the garage. But it, there's a little plate that, um, that they still use, Jew, uh, the Jewish culture still uses, a little plate that they, they created based on this piece of Scripture, and they've been doing it for thousands and thousands of years. It's a little gold plate that goes on the inside of your door, and it has this piece of Scripture, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. They took it literally, put this on the doorpost of your house, and it's this little gold plate that sits between the, the door jam. I love the thought. Of that, And I don't know what it means in your life. It is a figurative statement. But what God intends for with anything in your life, with any kid in your life, whether it's yours, whether it's your neighbor's, whatever, to be a representation of God and of that kind of that little island. At this point in history, there was so much despair. There was so much brokenness. In fact, many of the Israelites were, were slaves. And I, I don't know if you can even picture what this is like i just i can't and i tried to as i i prepared for this and every now and then i don't know if you get this but when you start getting perspective on somebody's life who's in despair and you just get that like immediate choked up feeling i was thinking last night what it would be like to not even remember freedom this this is a culture of people whose grandfather's grandfather had been a slave so their entire life nothing had had ever been free and as they think about opportunities for that just mind freedom, that opportunity to say, I don't belong to somebody else, I belong to God. This was the way they raised their children. You need to know this this morning. Next slide, Tanya. That you are the first choice for leading the kids in your life. Did you know that? I don't know, sometimes you, you wake up in the morning and you feel like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to work again. I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. And you need to know today, the kids that are in your life, whether they're your babies, whether they're your grandbabies, however you have put them, however they've ended up in the middle of your life, God has chosen you. And I just want you to think about that for a minute. 
But one of the things that I love about Paragon, one of the reasons that I have chosen to do ministry in this, in this area is because of the way we love each other here. There's a lot of brokenness here. There's a lot of drugs here. There's a lot of hunger here. But let me tell you, when grandma needs to step up and take care of a baby, she takes care of a baby. Sometimes a grandbaby, sometimes a great-grandbaby. When grandma, when grandpa, when my cousin, when my uncle, when the neighbor, we take care of each other. And you need to know in this community right now, today is not just about parents. It is about parents today, but it's not just about parents. It's about anyone who found themselves in charge of a life. And I meant to say it that way. Anyone who found themselves in charge of a life. This is for you today. Did you know that this is the way church has worked in a lot of places in the country where people go, you know what, I, I, I've never gone to church before. I never really did, except maybe except when I was a kid. had an awful life, but now I've got a baby. Now I'm going to go to church. I don't know if you've heard this. This is the way some people live. They just decide to go to church, and it's how we get a lot of people in this church sometimes. You know, you have a baby, and you want to bring them to church, and the idea is let's take them to church, and maybe they'll grow up better than I did. Maybe they'll make better choices than I did. Let's let the church people take care of them, all right? And the truth is, we take, a, we take a, a major, major responsibility here at New Life with kids in this community. Right now in this building, there are kids being taken care of. There are kids where we have teachers right now upstairs telling your children to love the Lord their God with all their might, with all their strength. With all. We have kids all over this building. We have this thing called the mall, which is if you're visiting, I don't know why we call it the mall. I never have figured that out. But it's this, basically it's this big group of people. The thing that it looks the most like the mall is there's a ton of people and everybody's going all over the place. That's why I, that's why I think of it as the mall. But it's a pl- time where we, we go pick up kids on school buses and bring them to this place for possibly one of the only meals they'll get during the day, some of them. For love, for energy, yes, it's crazy, but we take it seriously. During the summer, we do all kinds of things for kids. We feed them, we give them hope, we give them joy because we believe that God intends for us to. But listen to this, you will spend more time in the car with those kids that you're in charge of, more time in the car traveling with your child this month than your church will spend with your child in a year. So don't count on your church even this church, to raise your kids close to God. We just don't have time. We're trying, and we're doing the best we can, but it's your responsibility in the long run. One of the things I don't like about baby dedication, and I love baby dedication. Brenda, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love it. But one of the things that I worry about as we, as we continue to do this is that you'll get the impression that your job as a parent is to bring your kids to church to dedicate them. That now my job is over. And, and the truth is this, is, this is just a byproduct of being a Christian. This is just a, an advantage. This is just one more thing. But the truth is God intends for your, pri- your child's primary model for what it means to have a relationship with God to be you. When I, I have these memories in my life that I hope my kids have. I so hope my kids get the, have these memories. But I have these memories in my life of some of my earliest memories, I think, are of my dad's beard, his scratchy beard, and like a shaven but like five o'clock shadow beard, leaning down and kissing me before I go to bed at night. And I know that doesn't sound manly, especially our culture goes, well, I don't care. I'm telling you what, some of the most meaningful God moments in my life have come from my dad. He was working three time, three jobs, 
when I was a kid, and I had to find this out later because most of these memories are just fuzzy to me, but enough that have, they've really become solid in my heart and my life. He was working three jobs, and I would not go to sleep, apparently, until my dad came in to say goodnight to me. So he would work, 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 and then come home, fly into my bedroom because I would not go to sleep, and I would keep my eyes open as long as I could until he would come in and he would pray with me. And he, he would just pray, God, help John sleep good tonight. God, thank you for all the things you've given us. And I remember specifically some of the exact things he said. And I, I remember the things he said, but you know what I remember? I remember most his beard on my cheek. I still remember. Every night, no matter how hard the day was, no matter how terrible the situations at work were, his beard was on my cheek before bedtime. You don't, you don't have to be a genius. In fact, you don't even have to be a spiritual giant. You don't even have to be completely right with God. You just have to put your cheek on your kid's cheek on a regular basis. A regular basis. This is the way God intends for us to be. He, and I, as I think about God now, as I, as I continue to build my relationship with God, I can't tell you how many times in my life something my dad has said or done has helped me relate to my heavenly father. I cannot imagine any bigger job in life than being a three-dimensional picture of God to my kids. Yesterday I was sitting on the couch with Reese. I have to be careful what I say to him. He's six years old and he, he just absolutely adores me. And I, I'm saying that out of humility. I don't know why. I don't know why he does. I, this is just something God planted in us. I spend a lot of time with him and we hang out a lot, but I was gone for two days and he will not leave my side for any reason since I've been home. And yesterday I, I ran the longest I've ever run. I'm training for a half marathon and I ran 13 miles yesterday and I was, I was just, I was, I was half proud and half dead, truthfully. And I, lay, I got showered, and I laid on the couch, and all he wanted to do was play. And I just couldn't. I mean, I physically could not play. And the IU game was on, and I had one of those dad couch moments, you know, where, you know, I, I, Reese, I'll tell you what, halftime, I will play with you. So I thought at that point, he doesn't like football. He should go off and play. He, he was just going to sit. So he just sat, didn't watch the game, just sat and looked me right in the eye. I said, Reese, what are you doing? Waiting for halftime. Buddy, that's two hours. Okay. I said, buddy, don't you have anything better to do? You know what he said? Nope. So we sat there a little bit, and pretty soon here come London, and she came and she sat next to me. Now she's going to talk, let me tell you. So she started talking, and Reese is still just staring. She stood probably ten minutes talking, 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 and then ran upstairs and I said, Reese, you can go play. We, seriously, it's going to be an hour and a half at least before halftime. He said, that's okay. And he sat there and just sat there. So somebody called me, and Reese is still sitting there. And I said, hey, I just saw you ran. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, my feet hurt so bad. What I really want is a massage. And my son is on my feet with his little tiny hands <laughs> massaging my feet. And I had to turn around. I said, Buddy, it's okay. No, no, Dad, Dad. So I, I hung up the phone, and I said, Reese, don't you want to go play? To, no, still. I said, Reese, are your hands hurting? Yeah. <laughs> I finally had to say, Reese, stop. I, this is, 
this is not normal behavior. Do you know there's something that God put in my son that wants me? I don't deserve it. You don't either. But I'll tell you what, we don't deserve it. We shouldn't get it. We shouldn't have this island because we haven't lived I have not been the kind of dad that deserves that kind of unconditional love from my son. I've worked hard, but I have messed it up. But somehow God has implanted in my son this desperation for me. And what I'm saying to you today is I'm not going to ruin it. I am not going to miss it. And those of you who today who are too busy, those of you today who have to raise the money, you have to mow the lawn, you have to get this, you have to do that, you get to do this, you're going to remember today that Reese will turn 13. <laughs> your son, your daughter will turn an age where that starts to get covered up a little bit. And you're going to long for it. Now the good news is, by the time he turns my age, he'll be looking for his dad again. That's what I'm doing. Nothing I like better than sitting with my dad. You need to know this today. God wants you to know this. You're, you're not supposed to be a perfect parent. You never were supposed to be a perfect parent. You were never supposed to be Warden June Cleaver. Okay? You were never, God never intended that. He didn't even, he, that, if you ever heard the story about who Ward and June Cleaver were outside of that television show, Beaver Cleaver was a jerk, and I mean, that, it wasn't real, and it never was real. God never intended, you were never intended to be a perfect parent. In fact, some of the biggest mistakes that my dad thought he made with me are the ones that have made me a better parent. I'll never forget one time, he probably wouldn't want me to tell this whole story, so I'll be vague. But I'll never forget one time that he, he, had, he disciplined me, and it wasn't my fault. He found out afterwards that I was telling the truth and that I hadn't actually done, but he disciplined me anyway, and it was a bad day for everybody. And the moment he found out, I'll never forget, I haven't seen my dad cry very often, but I remember seeing him sit in the living room with a uh, a towel. My dad is a huge man. And when most people cry, they use a Kleenex. When my dad cries, he uses a bath towel. <laughs> my dad, sitting with his glasses in his left hand, I can picture it like it's yesterday, in this, in this living room, holding a bath towel and crying. And I walked in the room and I said, Mom, what's wrong with Dad? She said, he just feels so bad for disciplining you yesterday and not believing and I'll never forget the moment where my dad cried like that over me. I'll tell you, you're not supposed to be a perfect parent. But God has put you where you are to be who you are right in front of your kids. Second thing is you're not alone. Those of you who brought your babies in here today or your grandbabies or have them at home, Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says this, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing. Those of you who maybe this whole thing isn't connecting with today, maybe you just feel far from God today. And, and I don't know what you brought in here. I don't know how far you feel from God today. But this is the picture that one of the prophets painted for us about who God is. Now, when the prophets got these words from God, these were words literally from God, so these words come from God maybe directly to you today if you need them. The Lord your God is with you. He's a mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. There's something about not being alone. 
It's part of what I love. This, Brenda, this is part of what I love about baby dedication. Part of what I love about baby dedication is that you realize you're not in it alone. That what today is, it's about saying, and it's not just for the three that we've got up on the screen today, if you have a child and they come to this place and you come to this place, we're a team. And you need it and we need it. We work together and this is part of what God intends for us to do with our children. Finally, don't, don't waste another second. I pray that today, if for nothing else, becomes a shot in an arm for you. Some of you have kids that are already grown grandkids that are already grown. Some of you today have broken relationships with family members. I got real quiet when I said that because you know it. You know, at one point, Jesus is gathering around all his disciples. And as he's gathering around, he says, you know what, you guys, I, I put you guys together in the same kind of a life and your family's together. And then you fight and you argue and then you come to, to the tabernacle, that was their church, and you worship me. And you have these broken relationships amongst you. And you think, I can look down and just ignore it. You think, I'm going to look down in the midst of you worshiping me and saying all these things about me. You think, I'm just going to ignore the fact that the very people I put in your life for you to influence and to have influence over you, you have completely disconnected from. You think I'm going to ignore that? And the disciples at the time went, well, well but Jesus, you don't know what he did to me. But you don't, uh, you don't understand that they said this and then I said that and last Thanksgiving I said that and he kicked me out and she kicked her out and then I kicked them out. Jesus goes, you don't understand. Now, some of you today have missed an opportunity for that island in your life. Those family members, those kids, those people that God has put you to do life together with, you've missed it because you've been too arrogant, because you've been too proud, because you've been too lazy? I don't know. Why have you missed it? I know that I've missed it for all, th for all of those reasons at different points in my life. Some of us become a lifestyle where we've just been so disconnected from our family members or our kids for so long that now God has, has just kind of excused it, you think? So when I come in here and I sing songs and I pray that God just ignores it now since it's been so long, don't wait another second. Stop waiting for him to apologize. Stop waiting for her to come to you. Man, God says, this is big to me. In fact, it's so big. Jesus says, if you're coming to make a sacrifice, if you're coming to worship, if you're coming to give something to God, and there you realize that there is something your brother has against you, you have something wrong with your family, then you put it down. I don't even want it until you get this right. Some of you have brokenness in your lives that is so deep you can't get peace. Now, brokenness comes from the family. You need to know that what God wants you to do is to do everything you can with the, with the brokenness and everything you can in your life to be loving them the way He intended. We pray that today is a, an opportunity for you to, to get re-energized for your family, no matter what stage you find yourself in. One more slide, Tanya. Oh, there you go, that psalm scripture. As the band comes up today, I, I, I want to read this piece of scripture to you. That I, This is one of my favorite pieces in the whole Bible. If you're struggling with peace or you're going through that moment in your life where 
you found babies in your house again, <laughs> you thought you were done with that stage of your life, or you have babies in your house and it's the first time and you're a little overwhelmed, or you have grandkids and kids and you've got those conflicts and those interests. I, I, want, to, uh, I want to read this piece of scripture to you today. You might write this down. This is from a version of the Bible called The Message. Um, and here the psalmist, David, writes from experience. This is a guy who's had a mess in his life with his kids, with his wives, with everyone in his life that's been close to him and related to him. He's had a mess at some point. And he says this, if God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. I, I sat last night when I got home and I was just so thankful. This happens when I'm on a trip. I come home and I, I'm just glad to be home. We've been trying to sell our house for about four months and we just pulled it off the market to wait till January because nobody wanted our house. And there was this moment where just nobody wants our house. And I pulled in last night, or I pulled into the, after I, my trip and I pulled into my driveway and I thought, I want my house. I love my house. And I love my people. But the truth is, I remember this piece of scripture and I thought, I'm going to use this on Sunday. Because the truth is, if I don't build this house, if I don't build this home with God at the center, it's just a shack. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well nap. It's useless to rise up early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. <laughs> Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? I was finishing up this, this sermon and I was sitting on the couch and I read that piece of scripture. Don't you know? I was reading it on my computer. Don't you know? He enjoys giving rest to those he loved. And just about that moment, I looked up over my computer, and there's my little buddy still rubbing my feet. <laughs> that's my rest. Yeah, I can work my fingers to the bone. Do I think that's going to bring me rest and peace and hope in my life? Or is it the people God has put in my life for me to completely give myself to? Don't you see that children are... God's best gift. I love this. The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy. Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of them. Some of you needed a second quiver. <laughs> I, I, Sanders family, I figured, when I read this, I was thinking, Bud and Stacy have like two quivers full of kids. You know, they're just... This piece of scripture would have been absolutely amazing for the people who read this at that time. For, imagine if you were a warrior. Imagine if you were on the field, if you were in battle, and you were to read this. That in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the battle, and, and some of you are in a battle, just in life. In the midst of that battle, the number one arrow, the number one weapon that God has given you to combat the mess in your life, to combat the darkness that's in the world around us, is kids. Some of you, it's your own kids. And for some of you, it's other people's kids. For some of you, it's your next door neighbors. This is the gift of God. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off of your doorstep. I have three pictures I want to show you this morning. You're going to hear more about these three little guys at the end of our service. It's Joshua Snyder sitting over there. He doesn't have a word, a clue what I'm saying right now. 
He didn't have a clue that there are a whole pew full of people, a whole church full of people today that are dedicating, not, not in some Lion King moment where we hold him up before God and say, bless this. That's not what we're doing today. We're not just saying, hey, God, good luck with this thing. We're saying, God, we're dedicating Joshua, but we're dedicating us today. Maverick Sanders. There's one more Sanders. They just keep coming. They say they're done, but I don't believe it. And everyone that comes, they just love a little bit more, and we all kind of gather around them, and we just keep loving because it takes a village, and it might take a village and a half for the Sanders. Maverick, wherever he is, I don't even know where he is right now. There he is. Completely asleep. Yep, he'll still be asleep about 30 years from now when he's listening to my sermons. Obviously has no idea what I'm saying right now. But his mom and dad do. You know. That what God intends for Maverick to be in your life is an opportunity for you to be who God intended for you to be from the very beginning. Liam, Liam Derringer is asleep too. I have that effect on people all the way until they get into their 70s. No idea what I'm saying right now. I married you guys. I can't tell you what it means today to get a chance to be a part of the most precious thing, one of the two most precious things God will ever give you. I got to tell you, as a family today, what I'd love for you to do is that the rest of this service that you would ask God this question. If you would just say, God, where, where are my arrows? Where in my life are there kids that you intend for me to invest in? Whether it's your own, some of you are holding them right now. Some of you are holding babies that aren't yours. <laughs> some of you are holding grandbabies and grand-grandbabies. Some of you are holding neighbors' babies. Some of you will be working with the mall in the next few weeks and holding babies you don't even know their last names. I'm going to give you a chance this morning to say to God, God, would you make me the kind of person that can lead these little guys? Yes, I take this responsibility. You're going to see more of these little dudes here at the end of our service, but I want to give you a chance, just between you and God this morning as we sing this song, just for you, you and God to, for him to sing over you. I know that sounds silly, but it's what Zephaniah says, that even in the midst of the darkness, even as far as you might feel from God today, that he takes great delight in you and he has joy over you and your life wherever you stand today just between you and God would you pray with him I'll be in the back if you'd like for me to pray with you but you can do this just between you and God today say God I want my heart right I want my life right would you lead me to that today can you stand with us and sing